A long, long time ago, the Earth was ruled by dinosaurs. Then something happened. A giant meteorite struck the Earth. Goodbye, dinosaurs. It was a night like this 40 million years ago I lit a cigarette Picked up a monkey skull to go The sun was spitting fire The sky was blue and light I felt a little tired So I watched my Paisanos, it's Video Game, the movie, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm the other one, Maxi. And we're here to talk about video game movies, a long and storied tradition of taking a video game and adapting it into a movie, for better or for worse. Um, Usually for worse, unfortunately. Yeah, usually. So, somebody, someday they'll figure it out. I am not sure what to do for our first bit of introducing ourselves, but I guess, uh, like I said, I'm Dan. I I enjoy my share of video games. I share, I enjoy some movies. I don't watch a lot of movies, but I do enjoy them. Uh, I definitely don't watch, like, new movies i've very much fallen off the movie train at yeah. some point yeah I've been getting into honestly like... mm-hmm. i've been like getting into older movies like that's kind of my roommate's fault ever since he showed me uh oh it's a mad 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 world i've just been like i should watch more older stuff i i've always wanted to watch that movie i should watch it someday oh it's fantastic Mm. Uh, yeah, as far as, like, uh, uh, what I usually watch, I usually tend to, like, watch things in, like, group streams, uh, mm-hmm. like, a whole bunch of people pile into, like, a Discord or something and put on a movie. Uh, let's see. Besides what we watched today, I honestly can't think of what the most recent one was. Like, there was one that I missed out on that that was, like, last night, but... Where uh, some friends streamed The Mask starring Jim Carrey, but I didn't watch it. Uh, hmm. A lot of anime films. Uh, I. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but of course, gaming is is the bread and butter of this podcast. So I play video games all the time. I've been playing a lot of Destiny Two lately. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, how about you? I mean, I've loved video games half since I was a kid. Play a lot of RPGs, especially, which... I feel like a lot of the time, people talk about how 
video game movies aren't good because video game stories often don't have a lot to work with. And I'm not sure that I agree. The problem is that people make movies out of the games with bad stories. <laughs> like... Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, I say that. There was Final Fantasy Spirits Within or whatever. Wait, no. Is, which one's the the Final Fantasy 1, like, movie sequel? That's is the that one where they Man? make up their own story, one. right? Uh, there's... Maybe it's Advent Spirits Children? With... Advent Children's the one based on Final Fantasy 7. It's... Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just check the IMDB rating on that. 7.2 out of 10. So, uh... I guess that one's good? Maybe? Sounds like it was uh, reviewed by a game journalist, so that's promising, maybe. Uh, we'll get to that one when we get to that one. But um, the one we're doing tonight is pretty much the classic bad video game movie. And, mm -hmm. well, in people's imaginations, I think we might come out being a little nicer to it. But um, yeah, it's very much a case of the filmmakers getting something with almost no plot and being like, well, we gotta, like, fill a hundred minutes of this, so, uh, let's just go ape shit." Fuck, yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Um, I'm actually gonna sort of go over the Cliff's Notes version of the history behind the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, if you want to learn more, uh, there's, uh, the, there's a Gaming Historian's whole video on it. Or if you want to learn even more, you can go to the Super Mario Brothers movie archive, where most of this information was gotten from in the first place. Uh, God bless that website. Uh, so, uh, to start, this film cost $48 million to make and made $20 million in return. Uh, so, already... Just setting things up for a failure. Mm -hmm. uh, not not great. No. Uh, but yeah, Mario. Would you say that budget big... was? What? Would you say the budget was? Forty-eight million dollars. Uh, the production budget for Jurassic Park, the highest-grossing movie of nineteen ninety-three, was sixty-three million. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, and also, this did come out around the same time. Uh, really just so. a great decade for dinosaurs, the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, like we said, Jurassic Park, this movie, uh, uh, Land Before the Time, Land Before time uh, Dunstan, The Last Dinosaur. Was Theodore Rex the 90s? It had to have been the yes. 90s. There is simply no other time it could have been made. Theodore Rex? Uh, 1995. Same year I was born. Fa Wait, no, now I'm seeing 1996 on Wikipedia. Theodore Rex is shrouded in mystery. Hmm. Indeed. Uh. But, yeah. Mario's big also at this time. Everyone loves Mario the... The lovely Italian plumber. Uh, and Nintendo decides, we'll make a movie about it. Because people love Mario so much. 
they actually were trying to avoid another disaster because in 1989, a few years earlier, they had released a film called The Wizard, made to promote the 1989 Nintendo World Cup and the release of Super Mario Bros. 3. Now, I'd say The Wizard kind of goes hand in hand. It's like a lower budget version of this, uh, about a about a disabled boy who uh, goes to California to participate in the Nintendo World Cup. It it's something I might I don't know if we'll talk about it someday because like my main criteria for these is like based on a specific pre-existing video game, mm-hmm. but who knows maybe. So, they're working. They're looking for a studio. They sell it to for two million dollars to Light Motive, now, which is run by Jake Eberts and Roland Joffe. Uh, mm-hmm. not one of the biggest studios, but they did get a lot of like attention for, uh, The Killing Fields, a film about the Cambodian genocide. Uh, and from the beginning. Nintendo wanted a dark and gritty Mario movie. Uh, this was this was a request from Nintendo. If I understand it correctly, yes. Uh, hmm. I mean, it was the nineties, and it was the nineties. Any given Nintendo commercial from the time, you can definitely see. Oh, we got to make this grim or cool for the kids. Prove her better than Sonic. Uh, uh, but yeah, for when it came to looking for actors, some of the initial candidates for Mario were Dustin Hoffman, Danny DeVito. Fuck off! No, D- <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. They did not try and get Dustin Hoffman. No. <laughs> you're. I know Danny DeVito. Sure, you're. Dustin Hoffman. No. And also Tom Hanks. Uh, but see, Tom Hanks I can see working in, like, a fucked up way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but they eventually decided to go with Bob Hoskins, who had recently been in the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. A uh, classic movie about a cartoon man. Uh, Bob Hoskins liked the script, but he actually didn't know... It was based on a video game until after agreeing to be on. His son told him about it. Uh. Uh. And. Uh, John Leguizamo, meanwhile, for the role of Luigi. John Leguizamo, he had not a doubt in his mind that this movie would be a success. He, in fact... Went decided to not be on like this one TV show so he could be on this movie. Uh, Have I heard of this TV show? Uh, let me look real quick. Uh, I don't remember. It was supposed to be like a thing about his childhood, like uh, uh I'm going to cut this out while I look this up. Yeah, okay, it was just straight up a uh, sitcom about uh, the life of John Leguizamo. Uh, this, there, I don't think they ever made anything that... It was just the John Leguizamo show, I guess. Whatever. Uh, hmm. 
Okay. Uh, so, back to the notes. Uh, 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 so, they also got uh, Samantha Masses to play Daisy. Uh, for the villain, uh, some of their candidates were Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Keaton, but both declined. Instead, Dennis Hopper took the role. Uh, Famed uh, actor. Uh, it was uh, also in Waterworld, a similarly expensive disaster. Yep. Yep. Uh, this movie, when it came to, like, the script, it went through a lot of revisions. Uh, Barry Morrow was originally on the script. He spent a day playing the Super Mario Brothers video game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Created a story. But this was declined because whatever script he wrote out was actually very similar to his previous film, Rain Man. Uh, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what the script was or how they got to how he got from Mario to Rain Man, but that's what he wrote. Uh, so instead, they got Jim Genoine and Thomas Parker, and. This one is probably, like, the more, like, famous script. I think, like, there's, like... I think the movie archive actually has, like, a version of this script. Uh, which was, like, a more fantasy-based film, which... Very similar to the games. Uh, mm. uh, this was rejected because, for whatever reason, they really wanted a dark and gritty Mario movie. Uh, uh, let's see... The directors they got were Annabel Jenkel and Rocky Morton. They were a couple who only had one film, but they had a lot of experience with music videos, uh, and including for The Talking Heads and Elvis Costello. And they directed the British TV film Max Headroom. Uh, uh, so Jenkel and Morton will be very important to this uh they they decide on new script rate writers parker bennett and terry runt uh they altered the script they gave it the same basic plot but made it more sci-fi uh i and nintendo was concerned but they liked this new script so they approved of it but then jekyll and morton uh they had a collective Galaxy Brain Moment to create Dino Hatton, an alternate dimension located underneath the real Manhattan, where dinosaurs evolved into man. Uh, uh, Bennett and Runt worked on the new script, but got fired, and were replaced with Dick Clement and Ian Lefrenai. I mispronounced that. Uh, Clement and Lefrain wrote a more action-heavy script, but... Too over the top. Too much budget. Uh, and the distributors, of course, were very hesitant because I guess they really, really went in on this dark and gritty Mario movie. Uh, so they had to revise the script yet again. Uh, uh, so they get Ed Solomon and Ryan Rowe to doctor the script. They tone it down for the budget. They make it a bit lighter in tone. 
Disney's Hollywood Pictures agrees to distribute this at this point. And fi- uh, eventually we get to this point where they're going to film in the summer of 1992 in an abandoned cement factory in Castlehane, North Carolina. Uh, so when they start filming, the actors get their new scripts and hate it. Uh, this is not the scripts they were originally given. Uh, and Bennett and Runt, who were previously fired, get brought back to doctorate again. Uh, but I think this is the last revision. Uh, of course, 1992, summer, uh, cement factory, North Carolina. It is hot. It is miserable. Temperatures are over 90 degrees, humidity is off the charts, and everyone working on this film hates the directors. Uh, uh, there is actually an anecdote by John the Pest Leguizamo that Rocky Morton dumped hot coffee on an extra, burning him in an effort to make the suit more dirty. Uh, the suit he was wearing more dirty. Uh... He, Rocky tells a different story, because of course he would. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, and eventually, the script, well, actually, no, um, eventually, the cast, uh, parties away the pain, drinking on set, doing shots of scotch, uh, actually, uh, another tragic thing, uh, during a recording of a chase scene, I think this one is actually very early on in the film, an open car door slammed shut on Bob Hoskins' hand, and for the rest of the production, he wore a painted cast. Uh. Huh. So, yeah. Uh. Uh. So. In the end, the movie comes out. It flops. People hate it. Jekyll and Morton never work on a movie again. Uh, Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper would go on to state that it was the worst movies they worked on in their entire lives. Uh, and, like I said before, if you want to learn more, uh, watch the uh, video by Gaming Historian. Maybe I'll throw it in the show notes. Or visit the Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive. Wonderful website. Support it. Uh, but yeah, that's just sort of the Cliff's Notes version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, with that out of the way, we can begin talking about the actual film. Uh, we get our opening credits played to the classic 1-1 theme, the athletic theme. Uh, and then we get our opening narration. It's so good. I have... Yes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this movie. From yeah. the beginning, like five seconds in, you should know that you are on some wild shit. It starts on this crudely <laughs> animated opening of like dinosaurs arguing with each other. It's talking about how, mm-hmm. how like a meteorite struck the planet and killed them all. So long, dinosaurs. And then it's like, but what if the meteorite didn't kill them? What if it transported them to an alternate dimension? And it... it, Sure, what if? 
Yeah. What if a giant meteorite struck the Earth? Uh, what if Dan Castellaneta told us all of this? Uh, and this, this is just the wonderful, amazing writing. Uh, and then we cut ahead to Brooklyn, a rainy uh, night 20 years ago. A woman is rushing around, uh, she leaves something at a doorstep, and a mysterious crystal. She knocks on the door, she leaves, and out comes a nun who takes this basket and this crystal. Uh, so, meanwhile, the woman who left this basket with the nuns Runs through traffic and down a manhole, never to be seen again. Uh, yeah, she she get she gets cornered by Koopa, played by Dennis <laughs> Hopper. Yep, yep. And then we 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 cut back to the convent. Uh, so in the basket is like this metal techno egg that mm-hmm. opens to reveal a real egg, and that hatches to reveal what looks like a human babe. Yes. Uh. The nuns witnessing this, I guess they, I don't, they just, I guess they handled it pretty well, all things considered, because... They, they, they adopt her, and they decide to be, just be chill about it, you know? Yeah. There's no yeah. reason not to be chill about it. Mm-hmm. We cut ahead to present day, 1994. Uh, we see... The House of the Mario Brothers and the perfect opening shot to establish that they're plumbers is a shot of Mario's dad and this fucking setup of three tiered plungers. It's so good. It's like a samurai sword rack, but with plungers. <laughs> yes, it's it's amazing. I, I'm just saying every trade should have like whatever their most important tool is like this. Absolutely. I, I want a rack that just has three keyboards and it costs a thousand dollars to get enough wood to have the room for it. Mm-hmm. So, so Mario is taking a call about a plumbing problem and Luigi is just chilling, watching a TV show, talking about alternate dimensions. Uh, you know, he, he's talking about this with Mario. There's this, there's this dynamic. It's not really like brother brother it's more of a father son uncle yeah. nephew kind of thing we later learned that luigi's an orphan that mario took him in um but in, another angle to this is that mario's very cynical and skeptical while luigi's like an idealist he follows his gut he's kind of spacey uh and, and the one thing i want to take no- special note of here because this is the mm-hmm. first time i've noticed this i've watched this movie like four times maybe five yeah Hang on a second So, um, at one point, while they're discussing alternate universes, Luigi presses his face into a pin screen. Yeah. Uh, one of those little toys is just, like, a bunch of metal pins, and you can make an impression in it to create an image on the other side. This is important imagery. Yes. This is foreshadowing. Yeah, I, I realize that on this watch that it's supposed to be foreshadowing. Um, so, uh... Just to uh, give, like, an idea of what these 
Well, we've described them as Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, so older, pudgy Italian man, younger, Puerto Rican uh, boy, uh, like, early 20s, whatever. Uh, and uh, Mario's just, like, telling Luigi the rent's overdue, uh, they're, they're broke as fuck, they gotta take this job. Uh, uh, and we also get a bit of references to, like, missing Brooklyn girls. We don't know what's happened to them. Uh, then we get a driving sequence where they drive their van. It's very ramshackle and shoddy. It, like, the doors are on upside down. Uh, it, it seems to, it's a great it's a great design. I love this terrible truck. Uh, but when they get to the cafe this job's at, they find out there's another van here. Scapelli Constructions. The Scapellis took the job before they did. That yeah. <laughs> Scapelli Construction Plumbing is like this much bigger, wealthier organization. I think they're international. Mm -hmm. And... They're like the B antagonist of this movie. They play a surprisingly, not like a central role, but a surprisingly large one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because we then cut to, there's a lot of cuts early in this movie. Yeah. It's, honestly, this movie has, I feel like it has a lot of cuts in general. It keeps kind of a weird pace, but I think it works for the first third before getting a little frantic in the last two thirds. So we cut from the Scapelli van to a Scapelli construction site. Uh, there's an NYU paleontology team there led by Daisy. Yeah. They, basically what they explain happened is Scapelli had the site. They were doing some excavation. They happened on fossils. Uh, they reached an agreement with the paleontology team. So the paleontology team came in, but now Scapelli, Anthony Scapelli, their, their CEO or whatever is getting antsy. He's pressuring them to leave. He's threatening them. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's some, re some real scummy businessman shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like, he, s he straight up implicates that, like, you know about those missing girls, you wouldn't want to be one of them, would you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut to, uh, these two men. Uh, the best character- no, sorry. <laughs> the, the number two and number three characters in the movie. We'll get to the best character in the oh, movie. Oh, fuck yeah. The number two and number three characters in the movie, Spike and Iggy. Yeah. Named after a minor Mo Super Mario Bros. 3 monster and a Koopaling chosen seemingly at random. Yeah. <laughs> and I love them. Yeah. They, yeah, they're like- They're just the two stooges. That's yeah. their thing. They're like- one of them's like sniffing hot dogs- Gives one to one of them. He says, hey, it's dog. They say it's dog. You should eat it. They then throw away the buns of these hot dogs and just eat the sausage. Mm -hmm. uh, they are very colorfully dressed. They are, in every sense of the word, goons. Uh, they are the platonic ideals of goons. I don't think I have ever met a character in any piece of media that is more a goon than these two. Like, they then, like, spot the archaeologist, and we get, like, this whole thing of them trying to stalk, uh, Daisy. Uh, uh, and, meanwhile, 
uh, Mario and Luigi stopped off somewhere to, like, visit... Like, Mario's getting some water for their broken-down truck at the bodega. Uh, and Luigi is checking for messages. I'm not sure how this works. Like, I mean, I, I was going to say I think they have a voicemail, but I don't know if, like, voicemail, voicemail had even been invented yet, had it? I, I think this voicemail was around at this time. I just don't know how they... I Can you just call your own number and get the voicemail? I think that's that's definitely a thing you can do, is, like, just call a number. That's definitely a thing you can do with at least some voicemail services, is just call a number to access your voicemail. Mm-hmm. So, this I would say this is plausible enough. Yeah. Uh, th- there's actually this pretty good bit of comedy writing where you overhear somebody on the phone who's desperately calling for plumbers. He's saying, we need them right now, anybody who can come. Uh, but then hot girl show up, so he hang up phone. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Sorry, there's like a lot of fucking vehicles. I'm just trying to hold off so you can cut all that out. Mm-hmm. Um. Is Luigi played by John Leguizamo a himbo? Hmm. He's definitely stupid, and he's definitely well-meaning. Yeah. I, I, he is buff. We have seen him, we do see him shirtless later on in the film. So that fills that quota. Hmm. I think this guy, I, good guy, buff, stupid. Those are all the quintessential aspects of being a himbo, so. He hits the trifecta. Yeah. I guess we can call him a himbo. Uh. So, uh. Yeah, Luigi, he he's talking with Daisy. Uh, he's trying really hard to get get uh, her to, like, go on a date with him. He's actually really awkward about it, but then Mario shows up. He He's annoyed because the bottle of water he needed for his radiator costs $3. Tap water's free. Shouldn't have to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, part, part of the cutting social commentary of this mm-hmm. film. Yes. This film is, frankly, it's a leftist masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It is ideologically correct. It understands the plight of the worker and the plight of the powerless intellectual. So I think, uh, yeah, re- really, a- any aspiring leftist organizer, or really just any a- anyone who wants a better understanding of how the world works, should watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, quintessential. Uh. You've got your marks, you've got your, uh, you've got your, uh, eh, you've got, you've got some, uh, just, whenever you find, like, a document of leftist works to read to understand how the world works, just make sure you slip in, uh, an MP4 of this. Uh, I want to see one of those, like, Marxist, Leninist, Maoist images, (laughs) but at the end is just Bob Hoskins. Uh, Mario Luigi is Maoist. Uh, oh fuck! Oh fuck! <laughs> you, you cracked the code. Hmm. Uh. So. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Bob Hoskins, Mario, just is able to like act as wingman and help Luigi navigate this conversation into inviting Daisy for dinner. Uh, 
Daisy goes back to the dig site. Mario and Luigi have a bit of banter. And we cut to that night. Uh, Mario and Luigi and Daisy and this fourth character named Daniela, who doesn't show up much but is Mario's girlfriend, officially. Mm-hmm. They're having a delicious Paschetti dinner. It's It looks so good. Yeah. Truly wonderful. And they're talking about, um, you know, Daisy's work as a paleontologist, and it's honestly a pretty sweet scene. Like, Luigi is taking this very genuine interest in her work, and that's a theme that continues throughout the sort of exposition part of the movie. After the after the dinner is done, Luigi is walking her to a par- apartment, but they decide to just go to the dig site instead because he yeah. wants to see what it's like. Yeah. Uh, and there's also just, like, you know, some, some exposition... That, this movie has a weird habit of, like, giving us exposition we already got, and I'm wondering if that oh, was yeah. because of, like, the multiple script writing teams. You know, honestly, probably. There's that, I mean, maybe they wanted to, like, reiterate stuff for, like, younger viewers, mm-hmm. or people who were getting lost in all this film, uh... But, yeah, they reiterate, uh, the, she's got this, like, meteorite shard, it's specifically the meteor that killed the dinosaurs, this specific meteor. Uh, this crystal is, like, the only thing she has left from when she was born, she was raised by nuns, as we saw earlier, and Luigi talks about how he was adopted by Mario, and he specifically relates to Mario's, like, not only his brother, but his father, his uncle. He's sort of like the smorgasbord of relatives. He fills every possible niche. Uh. Uh. But. Anyways. Uh. As her, As uh, Luigi and Daisy head off. Uh. The goons show up. Spike and Iggy. Yeah, and they see Mario and Daniela at first. And they assume Daniela is Daisy in disguise. The banter here, I remember being pretty weak. It it gets a little better later in the movie. Um, so they ended up chasing after Mario and Daniela. Luigi and Daisy are just chilling, and you know they have this walk. They're just talking. Like I said, honestly, a at least some decent chemistry. It's not like Romeo and Juliet or whatever, but like, yeah, I, I can buy them as a couple, which is. It clears the bar. So Luigi and Daisy end up going to the dig site. Uh, This is important. Daisy describes it as more like a home than a place of work. And she talks about how one of the fossils they found, uh, it has opposable thumbs, and she describes it like a monster trying to be a human being. Hmm. Which, honestly, genuinely an evocative line. Yeah. Uh, They're about to kiss... But then they are stopped because some Scapelli saboteurs uh, came in and have set off a bunch of pipes to flood the dig site. Mm-hmm. Luigi, he knows exactly the person to help get help, and it's Mario. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He, like, goes over there, he goes back home, he tells Mario. Mario is immediately sold because he finds out the Scapellis are involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go back to the dig site, and we get some plumbing. Uh, yeah, honestly, 
I'm kind of into the emphasis on them actually doing plumbing in this. Yeah, yeah. It it's it's kind of silly, but like I think it fits the sort of comedic but also grittier tone of the film. And there's this sort of recurring element where Mario is like a full fledged plumber. He knows how this works. He knows how to treat his tools. Luigi is more of a supporter. Yeah. He he gets Mario what he needs. He helps him with more tricky tasks, but he's not great at the actual plumbing. That that's Luigi's character arc. He needs to learn to plumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Spike and Eggie are here too. Uh, they're like talking to each other about how they got it wrong again. It turns out they kidnapped Daniela. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, then, I guess they sort of show up and see the Mario Brothers and Daisy, and they knock out the brothers, they kidnap Daisy, uh, Mario and Luigi, or they come to search for Daisy, and, uh, like, there's this whole bit of them, like, going through all these, like, narrow cave tunnels, uh, and they find basically a big wall of solid sand that Daisy's face is coming out of, like like the fucking toy from before. Yeah, this movie's genius. Yeah. Uh, Luigi tries to, like, reach for her and, like, save her, but he just ends up grabbing the pendant. Uh, uh, so, Luigi, he, he wants to save, he wants to save Daisy. He jumps through the portal. Mario, a bit more of a reluctant hero. But he follows. And yeah, uh, and then they go to Shifting Sandland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, are, there are two stages in this world. Well, first there's the, there's the warp zone they go through. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's the big desert. And finally, uh, New Donk City. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh... So, they go through the portal, they end up on the other side, it's this, like, crowded subway, Koopa Square, just fantastic set design. They put so much work into this fucking- The set design in this film is, like, I I do not even know where to begin, like, it's genuinely insanely good. Yeah. And I think it is, it's the only part of the movie that I think is objectively and inarguably good. If you look at- the design involved in Dino Hatton, and you don't like it, you're fucking insane. Yeah, it's this fucking three-tiered, like, street, set of streets. There's, like, signs everywhere. There's, like, this whole thing where, like, all the all the cars run on, like, on electricity because there's no fossil fuel. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, there's, like, just crowds of people. There's, uh... There, there's Propaganda just, posters everywhere. Yeah, there's, like, a big poster of, like, uh, Koopa, like, kissing a baby. There's other stuff that's just telling people to vote for Koopa because I guess he's, I guess he's a democratically elected leader. Unclear. I, I think, I think the implication is that he is a democratically elected leader. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heavy quotation marks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're in 
the greatest cyberpunk dystopia set ever. Uh, and they realize they're not in Brooklyn anymore. Uh, they they have this great exchange. Uh, I, I think Luigi says maybe we got knocked unconscious for a hundred years and woke up in the Manhattan of the future. And Mario says, or maybe the Bronx of today. Hmm. Uh. So uh. Uh. There's like. Oh, uh, I I don't I can't figure out what to say. Like there's uh. There's like cops and stuff. Uh. We cut over to uh, Koopa. Uh, uh, and his his hot lady, hench lady. Yeah, Lena. Uh, he, where, where are we at on Lena? I don't know how I feel about Lena. Lena, like, I like her at first. She gets real weird in the last act of the film. Yeah. Yeah. She, she feels like a plot device that was in there because they needed, they were like, uh, how do we fit all these pieces together? I don't know. Just what if we added another character? Yeah. Uh, I think like there is like stuff that was like cut and edited and like in earlier scripts that gave her more explanation for her presence. Like, mm-hmm. like there's like a line at one point that seems to suggest she, she like knew the royal family that Daisy's part of. Uh. Or maybe is part of that family. Uh, mm-hmm. But for now, uh, Koopa, he's monologuing to Lena about how there's this whole other world full of resources for the taking. And while he's doing this, he's like washing his hands in this like weird super industrial hand washing thing that like coats his hands in mud or something. Uh also, just to, like, this is an important thing about Koopa's design. He's got this weird, fancy hair. It's almost like... The best way I can describe it is a combination of slick-backed hair and cornrows. Yeah, it's in these, like, weird little spikes. Yeah. Uh... Uh, so... Uh... He talks about his plan... Uh, as we know, he wants to merge the worlds, take over, uh, then Spike and Iggy show up. We learn out they're Koopa's cousins. Uh, they got Daisy, but they don't got the rock. Uh, uh, he explains again what the rock is important for. And then... He needs it to merge the two dimensions. Yeah. Uh, and they explain that Mario and Luigi have the rock, uh, so... Koopa puts out an APB. Yeah. Police need to look out for plumbers. Mm-hmm. We cut back to Mario and Luigi, who Miss Grandma comes up to him, mm-hmm. and she's acting all nice, asking them if they're from around here. Uh, and then she tries to mug them with like a cattle prod. Yeah. Before she is thrown off a bridge by Big Bertha, a nightclub bouncer with a spiked red leather jacket and pneumatic jump boots. She is the greatest character in this movie, maybe in any movie. She is amazing. I love her. Amazing design, amazing performance, perfect costume work. She's got it all. Uh, uh, but yeah, she, she's got it. She's got the rock. And mm-hmm. she goes away on her fucking uh, boots. And then, 
uh, Mario and Luigi meet up with Mojo Nixon, a famed mm-hmm. psychobilly anarchist. Uh, he sings and plays guitar about how life is bad now because of Koopa. Uh, and then he gets arrested for anti-Koopa singing. Uh, mm-hmm. Mario and Luigi try to help him out, but they get arrested for being plumbers. Uh, also, like, the bounty right now is, like, 2,000 gold Koopa coins. Uh, uh, we cut back to Daisy. She's being taken by these two big, big lizard men with tiny little dinosaur heads. Uh Uh-huh. Into a room with other women who were kidnapped by Spike and Iggy, including Daniela. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back to the brothers. Uh, we go through this, like, whole arrest sequence where... They get, like, defungused by Sniffets. Uh, mm-hmm. They get, like, tied up. They get, like, tied down and, like, it looks like they're about to get shot, but actually they just have cameras shaped like guns. It's very, du- like, maybe the darkest joke in the film by, like, <laughs> yeah. a long shot. Yeah. Uh, th- this is also the sequence where they have the Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario scene. Yes! Mario, Mario, and... What people never talk about about this scene is, I feel like there's a lot of, like, little split-second gags and background gags in this movie. Mm-hmm. While yeah. they're, like, giving their names, you just see this cop going absolutely ham on a guy in the background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I fucking love that. Uh, but yeah, we firmly established that Mario's full name is Mario Mario. Luigi, as his adopted brother, question mark, is Luigi Mario. It's a bit... It's, they're weird names, but I, I do think it's a fun way to work with the fucking name of Super Mario Brothers. Uh, yeah. They uh, yeah, uh, talk about how the city's choked with fungus. Yeah. Uh, to- Toad thinks it's their old king, de-evolved and taking revenge. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, there's this kind of weird scene. It's not like weird, weird, but I just don't, I don't fully get why it's in there. Uh, Koopa shows up. He pretends to be a defense attorney to ask them where the meteorite chart is. It doesn't go well. He gets angry, and he has them and Toad hauled off to the de-evolution chamber. Yeah. This movie uh, doesn't know how evolution works. We're just gonna have to accept that. Yeah. I don't want to get into the weeds with that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, uh, he, first up is Toad, Mojo Nixon, uh, he gets dressed up in a big suit and sort of locked into this big chair and undergoes what can only be described as, uh, Goombification TF. Oh, I hate it. I don't like that. <laughs> hmm. Uh... Yeah, so he gets blasted. His face, like, stretches in this weird way. And then he becomes the Goomba. Uh, and we firmly establish, like, all these, like, big dudes that are going around, like, acting as muscle are Goombas. Uh, yeah. uh, but Koopa, like, talks about how uh, the way... Well, yeah, I won't get into it, but... The important thing is, uh, 
there's like a it, basically the the idea behind de-evolution is there's like a scale of what you are and like you can be reduced to like primordial slime to single-celled organisms uh like ancient creatures and intelligent yeah. life uh so I, I i guess the idea with goombas is that they're like primitive reptilian hominids they're like bipedal and capable of basic thought but very stupid yeah uh toad goomba gets a little harmonica which is mostly there so that we can tell which one he is yeah uh so mario uh in response to this whole thing uh knocks koopa into the devolution machine momentarily just momentarily, he gets blasted with devolution rays for just a few seconds. So, here's where I need to talk about, like, one of my only big problems with this movie. Right. This scene is nothing. He, he like, Koopa, there are, there are two scenes which involve Koopa's de-evolution. One is just a brief thing where... I guess it's evocative, but it doesn't really make sense with the flow and the plot of the movie otherwise. And then at the end, they de-evolve him into, like, a T-Rex, but that's an unrelated incident. So, mm-hmm. this is just... It, it It is very much a gun that never goes off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, uh... So, Mario and Luigi are escaping prison, uh... They pass by the fungus, mm-hmm. and it gives them a a little bomb. Mm-hmm. But uh, Luigi wants to take it. Mario doesn't. Uh, yeah, he he drags him away because they got to run for it. Mm-hmm. Also, I this is about when I realized for the first time. You know how every every like villain in this movie has a flamethrower rifle thing. Mm-hmm. And. I think that might be supposed to be, like, the equivalent of fireballs. Oh my god, I guess they are, huh? Yeah, uh... They've got fireballs, wow. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. They get fired on by Goombas. They steal a cop car and just sort of, like, drive it out into, uh... into traffic. And we get this great bit where... Uh, they're listening to the police radio, and an alert comes on telling that there are aliens out here and wanted. Uh, Luigi's like, oh my god, there's aliens here? And Mario Bob Hoskins says, Luigi, where the aliens? aliens? (laughs) Uh, honestly, solid chase scene overall. There's this very fun bit where they end up going on top of another car, which just keeps driving with them still on it. Yeah. Uh, the the other main thing I noted about it on this watch was that at one point, Mario laughs and says, This is driving! And I just think that it's fucked up that George Lucas stole that line for The Phantom Menace. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Also, so I think this is the first time they do, like... They have this high-five secret handshake thing mm-hmm. where they, like, grab clasp hands and, like, wiggle their fingers and go, clack, 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 clack. What? What's, this, what's this about? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand what the, what the, why the hag lag lag. 
Yeah, I, it's cool, I guess. I mean, now that I think about it, there is just a lot of, like, pop culture from this era that, that like, tries to establish characters as being cool by giving them a secret handshake. Uh, so, yeah, they do their cool secret handshake. Uh, they take a tunnel into the Kupahari Desert and escape from the city. Uh, off no, a hey, cliff. No, 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 no. Yeah? No. Yeah? Escape from the city, wrong game. Wrong <laughs> yeah. They do end up in the desert. They do not get chased by a giant truck. Uh, but yeah, they fall off a cliff, but the fungus was able to, like, grab onto them and act as a bungee cord to save them from crashing to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get another Koopa scene where Spike and Iggy walk in on Koopa. He's taking a mud bath with his wife. Uh, he has this weird fucking line where he says yeah. he loves mud because it's dirty and clean at the same time. He's got like... He has this weird germaphobe thing going on, but I guess maybe yeah. he's also a germophile and neither of those are really explored. Weird characterization bit. Koopa's into some weird shit. You don't want to know. Uh, mm. So, well, well, hey, for example, he's into nerdifying his own cousins. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I that does happen next. Uh, he puts, uh, he puts Spike and Iggy in these like back in the devolution st- machine, but instead of devolution, he evolves them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and just nerdifies them. Uh, they become cartoon smart. Uh, they like, you know, stuff like, I know this exact square root of whatever, or this... I, I like to use the big word. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile... Then, uh, uh, Lena is just, like, vaguely ominous and menacing at Daisy for a while. Yeah. Uh, says, whether your dad is alive depends on what you mean by alive. Don't care about any of this. You know what I care about is Yoshi. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I love this little Harryhausen freak. He has more personality. He has more charm. He is better in every way than the modern Yoshi. I, I, I All I want to see from now on is this fucked up little thing. Yeah, I fucking love this little guy. The quintessential little, little guy. Um, uh, so... Uh... Also, quick note, uh, Mario and Luigi are wandering through the desert because they can't drive anymore, and Luigi gets a shirtless scene. He's got a rainbow belt. Uh, hey, gay rights. Yeah, gay rights. I, I guess he's probably bi if he's yeah. you know interested in Daisy, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Uh, we also established that... Uh, Koopa is, like, developing a de-evolution gun, a handheld version of the machine. Mm-hmm. And it is just a repainted super scope. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, of all of the, like, weird fake guns in the canon of sci-fi, I do love the super scope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, what else happens? Um, yeah, the whole Yoshi bit, uh... We established that the entire world is this one city and an endless desert. Uh, 
uh, he, like, tries to, like, get... He has, like, this conversation with Daisy about how he's, like, destined to do this whole thing. He, like, sticks his tongue out. He's got a big lizard tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, eventually, uh, we get to Mario and Luigi. Uh, they're still wandering through the desert. And then Spike and Iggy show up to chase them down in this, like, go-kart. But uh, they crash their go-kart into the quicksand. Uh Aww. Won't somebody please help them? Uh, but uh, thankfully, Mario and Luigi are there. Fuck off! That's such a deep cut. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm... So, 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 so Mario and Luigi capture them, and they end up making a mutual agreement. Mario yeah. and Luigi get them the rock, Iggy and Spike help them rescue Daisy. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they 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 head to a garbage dump to hijack a vehicle and head back into town. Yep. There's some hazmat garbage man guys. They're more. They're, I think they're more the guys who were supposed to be like shy guys or sniffits. Mm-hmm. They got like they got these masks, these gas mask things with the big circular eyes. Yeah. Uh, and like as they're like having this whole like thing, they reveal that the person who stole the rock way back when was Big Bertha, the bouncer at the Boom Boom Bar. We've discussed her. We know her. We love her. Uh, she only gets two scenes in this movie. It's criminal. Yeah. Justice she, for Big Bertha. Big Bertha should be in the la- in more of the last act of this film and should, be, should have been mo- more in the sequel that never came out. Uh, uh, so, Tragic. yeah. Uh, uh, so... Uh, Yoshi's chained up, but he's very nice. Um, Daisy's just, like, stuck in this room with Yoshi. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then we get this, the scene at the Boom Boom Bar. Uh, Mario and Luigi are wearing, uh, zoot suits, question mark? That belong to the Koopa Cousins. Uh, which they just, like, take out on dates. Uh, Iggy, I think Iggy says that the one Luigi is wearing is... Belonged to his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, they're in like these bright colorful suits. Uh, mm. Red and yellow. But uh, Mario's in yellow. So yeah. we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't yeah. gotten to the iconic outfits. No. Um, and then we get horny with it. Yeah. <laughs> Mario needs to get the meteorite shard back from Big Bertha. So mm-hmm. he, he gets like whacked by her at first but he gets back up he asks her to dance he yeah. gets horny with it he really does i he gets like his face in big bertha's tits uh yeah but he manages to slip the necklace off while they're dancing and then just as big bertha realizes the rock's missing boom boom akalakalaka boom 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 akalaka boom boom we get an action sequence set to Walk the Dinosaur by Was Not Was. It uh, is so good. Like, <laughs> I think this is the point in this watch where I was like, I think maybe this movie's good. Yeah. Like, this... unironically kind of good. Mm-hmm. Because this scene is honestly solid. It's it's not overly frantic. Like, it, it's fairly easy to follow, but there's a lot going on. Uh, Mario and Luigi play keep away with the rock for a while, but eventually 
They end up losing it, and Lena gets a hold of it. They mm-hmm. still have to escape regardless. Iggy and Spike are already booking it. Uh, we later learn that apparently they were spreading anti-Koopa propaganda themselves because, and this is another lesson to take uh, when you head home, kids, if you're smart, you'll understand that the aristocracy is a dead end unless you personally benefit from it, and just having family ties doesn't necessarily mean you do. It's important to take the moral and mutually beneficial path of liberating the proletariat. Yeah. I... We, I'm always saying this. Uh, so, yeah. Many people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... Um, sorry, go on. Yeah. Uh, uh, Luigi gets another bob from the fungus. Uh, Big Bertha, like, saves the Mario Brothers from uh, uh, Lena and her goons. Uh, and she, like, gives Mario a big kiss. Uh, and finally, a full hour into the movie... We get, Mario and Luigi get the stompers. Finally. They can jump now. They can jump good. Finally, Mario jump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they jump out of the club and into a garbage truck, which happens to be heading towards the big tower Koopa's in. Uh, also, this time, the fungus tries to give them a bomb again, and Luigi mm-hmm. actually snatches it up. Yeah. This is important. Uh... So, we get, like, this whole, like, exchange about how nothing's impossible, Mario. Uh, and we get Koopa in the throne room, where he's, like, talking to this big, like, throne that just has a fucking lump of fungus floating over it. It's so fucking gross. I hate, I hate the the evolved king. It's dripping. It's bad to look at. It looks like it's made of mucus. Yeah. Uh... But the Mario Brothers, they get to the tower. We get a quick gag, and this is a running gag throughout the remaining 40 minutes of the film. Koopa orders a pizza. Uh, it's the Koopa special, pterodactyl tail, dino lizard, hold the mammal, no worm, spicy. And then uh, we get the Mario Brothers. They're in this room full of pipes. Uh, they're covered in fungus, the pipework is atrocious, Luigi points out that this is clearly a non-union job, uh, and Mario gets an idea. Uh, he's got his tools, he's got the plumbing know-how, he's going to, uh, basically weaken the cold-blooded, like, lizards who are, who this, this tower is just full of by messing with the pipes and freezing them, Mm -hmm. uh, this is like the heating AC system, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, we also established lore that like Mario got his got his tools from like his father. He got his father got them from his grandfather. It's a it's a uh, generational toolkit. Uh, mm-hmm. And we emphasize Luigi needs to learn to take better care of his tools, and he needs to learn proper plumbing technique. Yeah, because that's his arc in this movie. Yeah. Uh. And so, in order to get further in, they've got to don some disguises. They've got to dress up as maintenance workers, which is in fact them wearing their iconic true outfits, Mario and Louis, Mario in red, Luigi in green, as God intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so, I fucking love this bit. I love like the triumphant music they're pl- that's playing as they're wearing the 
correct outfits. Uh, and, yeah, they've got to sneak around. Uh, Here's where we really get into the pacing problem with this movie, which right. is we are two-thirds of the way in, and from here, shit is just happening nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Spike and Iggy uh, are just, like, getting are, like, getting arrested because they tr- betrayed Koopa. Uh, yeah, uh, they call him a fascist and an oppressor of the proletariat. Uh, and... Which, you know, he is. Yeah, yeah, because he is. Uh, and throughout, like, the rest of this, like, Koopa's, like, fucking losing it because there's saboteurs in the tower, uh... They are getting in the way of his plans. He needs to deal with them. Uh, and this is also when Lena goes into business for herself. Yeah. She has the rock. Koopa does not realize she has the rock. He's being he's being stressed. He's being whiny. He does not respect her. So she decides, I'll do this on my own. I'll either earn his respect or just make my own way. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to the Mario Brothers who by now are, they have ended up trapped in an elevator just filled with Goombas and Troopas. Uh, But Luigi sees them vibing to the elevator music. He gets a feeling, as he so often does. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of sets them dancing? Yeah. Yeah, they start dancing. The the Koopas and Goombas learn the value of song and dance. Uh, uh, We get a quick scene where, like, Daisy and Yoshi are... In, like, their little prison, and, uh, the, uh, Toad Goomba brings them, like, a plate of meat. Uh, Daisy explains to, uh, uh, Toad Goomba that she's a vegetarian. She doesn't eat anything with a face. Could you bring her some vegetables, please? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lena's here. Uh, she, like, puts a knife to Daisy's throat, but Yoshi saves her. Uh, with, with his mighty prehensile tongue. Yeah. As is canon. Mm-hmm. Um, Daisy runs for it. Lena stabs Yoshi. Daisy runs into Goomba Toad again. He now has steamed vegetables. Both of them run. They end up meeting Iggy and Spike, who are being escorted by some other Goombas. The Goombas set Toad on fire, and then Iggy and Spike and Daisy are all running for it. Yeah. Uh, uh they, they explain to her the whole her dad is fungus thing. I still hate looking at this thing so much. It's so bad to look at. Uh, and, like, I know it's supposed to be bad to look at, but that doesn't change the fact that it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Uh. So, uh. You get some more stuff where, like, Mario and Luigi are running through maintenance shafts, and Luigi makes a leap of faith. He's flying. Uh, but, like, this then is Mario. the shittiest thing. <laughs> yeah! I think. <laughs> Hang on. He like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he 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 pretends to be flying. Really, his overalls are just hooked onto a crane or whatever. And he starts egging Mario into jumping after him. And Mario's dubious about this, but Luigi's absolutely insistent. He's like, "Come on, Mario, you gotta jump. You just gotta believe. You gotta trust." Uh, and eventually Mario goes in for it, and he falls down a pit, and he would die if the fungus didn't, like, knit itself into a trampoline. Yeah. What the fuck, Luigi? It is 
utterly baffling. I have no idea what the scene was going for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I vaguely get the idea of getting Mario to trust the fungus. Important words. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's because that's Mario's art. Luigi has to learn to plumb. Mario has to learn to trust the fungus. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we get this, uh, Luigi, Daisy is able to, like, contact Mario and Luigi because, like, in this, like, throne room is a security console, which you have to use a gun to operate. I kind of love that. Uh, yeah, it's like a weird radar gun, like, you can see it at a checkout. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Koopa can see that she's interfering, so... Yeah. Uh, he he is gonna go after her for that. Uh, and then, is it immediately after this that, like, the cops tell him, hey, Lena's being weird, or... Is is that after Mario and Luigi make their way to Daisy? Uh, let me see. Uh, let's see, Devolve. Yeah, I think right now Koopa realized that Lena has the rock. Uh, uh, and, yeah, uh... Mario uh, realizes that Daniela is, has been kidnapped and has to go save her. He was going to take her to WrestleMania. Uh, and, mean, Mario splits Captain off. Lou's there. Yeah. Yeah, they got, they're going to see Captain Lou. It's going to be paradoxical as fuck. Um, uh, and uh, Luigi and Daisy split off from Mario. Uh and they like get captured by Koopa, uh, and yeah, Lena goes like back into the tunnels that lead to the human world, and her modus operandi right now is to just take the rock, merge the worlds, finally get this shit done, uh, and oh. Yeah, she gets taken out by the cops or something. Wait, what? Yeah, no. Koopa sent the cops after her because she was holding out on him with the rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Mario goes to goes to Daniela and is like gonna save her and all the other girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he does a stealth thing, but like one of the girls like notices she she gets told to be quiet, but she shouts, "Hey, Mario!" Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mar, I I don't remember how Mario like takes out this Goomba. I th- I think he does like a a kick, a flying kick. Oh, okay. Uh, and they take like this Goomba-sized mattress, uh, and they're going to like fit it through the pipes and sled down them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koopa gets the rock. He's prepping for the invasion of the human world. He's wondering where his pizza is. Uh, and uh, Mario and the girls slide down the pipes. And yeah. they sled out into the streets. There's, like, this whole, like, sequence of, like, Mario using his tools to, like, uh, stop, like, the, Goom- the, Koopa- the Goombas going after him. Uh, and eventually, like, they show up, like... At just the right time to save Daisy and Luigi. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but then, then Koopa's here. He's he gets a message that his pizza's here, but that's not important. What's important is defeating the Mario Brothers. Yeah, and so th- this starts his like extended fight scene with Mario. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and also, while that's ha- happening, Lena just murks some cops. And yeah. uh, at one point, while Mario is fighting Koopa, Koopa drops the rock. Lena yeah. grabs it. Mario starts pretending to have it. Yeah. I guess to just, like, keep Koopa distracted. Yeah, uh, and, and keep keep him focused on him. Uh, mm-hmm. Lena goes to the impact crater where the meteorite is. Luigi, Daisy, and the other women follow. Uh, and so I I don't want to get too in depth about the fight scene between Mario and Koopa. All that's really important is that they lose the rock and that at one point they're on a standoff on a bridge and Mario winds up the bomb, deploys it. It is walking very slowly and it falls off the bridge. Yeah. So that's not anything yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but then we go to see what's up with Lena. She, she successfully manages to get the meteorite shard slotted in, which starts the dimensional merge, but she's overcharged with energy in the process, and she gets, like, flung at a wall and flash fossilized. Yeah, she becomes a skeleton. Fucking John Leguizamo James Bond over here is like, oh, she sure makes an impression. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> little tasteless. Yeah. Uh um sorry, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Daisy just establishes that only she can withstand the force that requires the merging or whatever. And then a hey, Luigi, I don't feel so good. Uh Mario and Koopa uh are get Thanos snapped uh into into Brooklyn. As the worlds start to merge, we get a we get like a twenty five percent nine eleven as like Koopa's tower. It's amazing. Is, yeah, <laughs> we get like like, like w- it is straight up a shot of the twin towers dissolving. It yeah, could not be more perfect. It's amazing. Uh, uh, and Koopa is here in Brooklyn, the world he sought so hard for. His world! <laughs> yes. And then, I love this part. He points the Devo gun at Mario. Mario dodges, but Scapelli, who is at the site, gets hit instead. Scapelli gets turned into a monkey, and Koopa is so delighted by the sight of a funny monkey, he says... Monkey! <laughs> I, 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 here's <laughs> the part that gets me. Everybody, there's like a massive crowd nearby. Yeah. And everybody starts laughing, even though, like, th- the nature of reality has just been overturned, and an internationally successful businessman has just turned into a fucking chimpanzee in front of them. Listen, it's a funny monkey. It, it is. The monkey is funny. I'm not denying that the monkey is funny with only one N in funny. I'm just saying. I feel like they should be a little more worried about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Mario gets blasted again, but he trusts the fungus, and he uses the fungus to, like, block an attack, and I, I guess, like, he just, like, throws it at him, at Koopa, and they end up back in Dino Hatton. Uh... There's like a guy driving, and he just barely avoids getting hit by a babam. So, so, so here's the important thing. Yeah. Uh, the re- I, I forget if you already mentioned this, but Mario was able to defend against Koopa's 
second attack by yeah. trusting the fungus. Yep, he trusts he the fungus. He pulls out a mushroom and it enlarges to shield him. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the reason the dimensions merge is because Luigi successfully uses his plumbing tools with Daisy's help to extract the meteorite shard. It's perfectly serendipitous. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so both both character arcs are now complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get like a cut to the bob omb still trekking along, just to remind us that that's still happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Toad's here, and but mm-hmm. nobody's. Koopa wants his Goombas to shoot Mario, but instead, Toad leads them into song. Yeah, he he plays the elevator music from earlier. It's, Duh, duh, duh. I think it's the man on the flying trapeze. Maybe, yeah. Or at least, or like a slightly altered variant. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the the Goombas are no help. They are just dancing now. Yeah. Uh. And the brothers blast Koopa with two D evolution rays at once. Yeah. Um. He he turns into a way more fucked up looking lizard guy for a bit. Then the babam finally gets under him after like walking up a wall. Also, we see a shot of its Reebok pumps. I guess I forgot about the Reebok pumps. It's it's a strange <laughs> joke slash product placement. Mm-hmm. Babam explodes under him. He flies into the air. He lands in a vat, and this part is so. I, I was gonna say good, ironically, like sarcastically. No, no, this part. He's in the vat, he emerges, and he's like a full-on T-Rex, and he, like, mugs for the camera for a bit, but then they just shoot him some more, and he devolves into protoplasm. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's a nothing finale. Yeah. Uh, they, they won. Everyone's dancing, everyone's painting over the signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, king- the, the king evolves back to his original form for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. Uh, he says, love those plumbers. Uh, As we all do. We, we all love those plumbers. We do love the Brothers Mario so much. Um, Daisy uses the rock to open up a portal. Uh, open, And, like, we get, like, this last thing where, like, uh, they are forced to, like, part ways. Luigi realizes tragically that he must... Uh, he cannot see his girlfriend again because Daisy needs to get things settled... In, in a Dino Hatton, uh, and they just sort of pass through. Uh, our final, our sort of like closing scene for the film, uh, we see, uh, they're back at their apartment. Uh, mm-hmm. Mario and Daniela are making a delicious pasta, mm-hmm. uh, and. Luigi, well, Luigi's watching the news, and, and it's talking about how they'd saved both dimensions, uh, and, and the newscaster's like, I think I'd call them the Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Like the name of the movie! <laughs> yeah, and they're cheering so much because of this. Uh, um, Mario and Luigi do another yag, lag, 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 lag. Uh, then Daisy shows up, she's like, I need your help, you guys are never gonna believe this, and Mario's like, oh, I believe, because I completed my character arc. <laughs> uh, and then transition to credits. Yeah. Uh, sequel hook for sequel that will never emerge. And then we eventually get a stinger where Iggy and Spike are attempting to sell the rights to their adventures to some Japanese businessmen, uh, calling it the Super Koopa Cousins. Yep. The end. Uh, so. I, th- I already said as much 
I think this movie might be like good. Mm-hmm. Not I, like not great. And I, I I know I already mentioned, especially like the last two thirds of the movie, the pacing is fucked. But like, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a good movie actually. Yeah. Uh. The I fucking love the Mario movie. I used to hate it, but. I learned the error of my ways. It is amazing. It, it grows on you like a yeah. fungus. Trust the fungus. You gotta trust the fungus. All right. Hey, before we get into questions, I don't know if any of these oh. questions are actually about this, but did you know that there was actually a uh, quasi-official follow-up to the Super oh, Mario Brothers? Oh, yeah, movie? the webcomic. Yeah, it was never finished, which is a yeah. shame. Damn. It, it like brought in some elements from Super Mario Brothers Two, which was pretty cool. Cool. You got you got like these weird Tuscan Raider kind of shy guys. You got Toad in this like uh, desert exploration outfit that made him look more like Game Toad slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cool shit. Yeah, but yeah. But it was never finished. So oh, I didn't know it wasn't finished. That's tragic. Um, Alas. Yeah. Um. So I, now we reach the point where we're going to like rate the film because. One thing I think is important about these movies is we're going to rate them not only based on their quality as adaptations, but as a standalone film. Okay. Uh, Yeah, when I say adaptation, I don't just mean literal element, this part, this part, this part. I mean the spirit of it. The essence of the source material. Do I get the same thrills and excitements? Do I get the same... Uh, charm. Do I laugh so the way I would? So you're saying this one's a zero out of five. Yes. Yes. Um. Actually, also, do we want to rank these based on numbers, grades, bags of popcorn? I, I, you know, I like. You know what? Let's go with thematic bags of popcorn. I, I think this yeah. one's zero out of five mushrooms as an adaptation, mm-hmm. but I think it's a solid four out of five mushrooms as a, as just a standalone film. Yeah. It's fun. It's wacky. It has an exciting and clear. Vision mm-hmm. is yeah. doing some shit, which yeah. I appreciate. I'm also gonna have to go with uh, I'm gonna go with like zero, zero out of five mushrooms for adaptation, four out of five for film. It's just very solid, very enjoyable. I, I could watch this again and again, provided I was watching it with a group. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I. I fucking love this. Um, I let's take it to some questions. We got quite a few questions. Some, a lot of them tend to be like the same sort of vibe. So, let me just open up the Twitter. Uh, if you want to send in a question, send it to at vgtmtp in response to a questions post, or alternatively, you can join our Discord. Uh, linked in the Twitter, uh, we have a mailbag channel where you can just send in questions as you wish. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, I'll start with this one. Uh, Abby, mm-hmm. she, her, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Al- Alexandiana167 asks... How would you improve this movie with as few fundamental changes to the script as possible? I.e., don't change the major plot beats. Uh, See, this, this is a difficult question because I genuinely do think the biggest problem with this film is just the pacing is fucked. And mm-hmm. th- like, there's 
There's too much going on. They got it. I I don't know if I can improve this movie without just either taking this stuff, some stuff out, or giving it more room to breathe. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, like in that in that sort of like vibe of like changes, I I don't think I could change all that much. Like, like the main the main thing coming to mind with like that sort of change is just aesthetic things, and I think this this film has its own aesthetic on point. Okay, no, no. There's one change that I think desperately needs to be made, and that's the whole Koopa de-evolution thing. You you need to excise the first in, the first two instances of that because they're nothing. Mm-hmm. And then in in the last fight, T Rex Koopa needs to actually do something. He needs to like jump at them and knock their guns away, put them on defense for at least a little bit before they can devolve them into protoplasm. G- g- yeah, if you're gonna yeah. have cool monster. You gotta give it something to do. Right. Uh, uh, also, more Yoshi and more Big Bertha, but that goes oh, without yeah. saying. Yeah, of course. I love those those two. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see, look at questions. Uh, Cat Girl Wife, Cat Girl Life, Shield Emoji, at James Mason 108 asks, The Mushroom King grew all over the place, yet only a small part of him turned back to normal. Does that mean the rest of them are his children? I I think so. I think this is the royal family. Uh, Ugh. I hate that. <laughs> if you evolved, like, the rest of it, would it just turn into a bunch of little children? Uh, concerning things to think about. Um, let's see. Hunted by Bazinga, hunted by M- Jumanji, uh, flower symbol, at Kazinzi Boiler, Broiler asks, uh, what modern video game franchise would you adapt into a cyberpunk dystopia? Uh, hmm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Hmm. Well, when you think about it, Fortnite is kind of already a cyberpunk dystopia. Yeah, it's got to be Fortnite. Just turn it into the Hunger Games again. Uh, Honestly, I've been getting really into Toho recently. Oh, fuck yeah. And those games could not be further from cyberpunk dystopia, but that kind of makes it all the more enticing, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like the Mario movie where you would just have to change so much shit, and it's a question of, like, how how do you maintain this the core well not even the core but how how do you like pay proper respects to mm. the source material in Cyber Gensokyo? Right. Hmm. I'm I'm just thinking, like, I guess uh Hmm. I mean there's like one settlement in di- in Right? Uh hmm. Yeah, I guess if you, like, incorporated stuff from, like, past concepts of cyberpunk, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, if it, like go for less, like, sleek new technology and, like, rusted old technology. That might... You know, that would actually make a lot of sense. For... Mm-hmm. Uh... I- I'm also gonna, I'm gonna turn this question around on you. Mm-hmm. If you could adapt, like, Deus Ex or Watch Underscore Dogs... As anything but cyberpunk, what would you go with? Ooh, uh, I like, hmm. I could get behind, like, a deus ex human revolution 
like like late like twilight of the samurai type fic where Mm -hmm. he's like i didn't ask for this about getting a gun for an arm and like a prosthetic leg Mm -hmm. yeah uh i could i feel like with deus ex like when i think of like deus ex i think of like conspiracy fiction so like maybe set it in like i don't know like a sort of like pulp victorian era Mm -hmm. right uh like have like lots more like puzzle solving and stuff like that, and less. I can dig it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I got one from the mailbag channel. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, from Space Robed. Aside from Bowser and Goombas, what other classic Mario enemies would you like to see be wildly misinterpreted? And I'm gonna say Birdo. Cause that would give me nightmares, and I want that. <laughs> hmm. I, I want I want to traumatize children with the sight of a horrible woman with a hole for a face. That is, that's an amazing choice. Um, I, I I'm just suddenly thinking of like the stews, uh, from mm-hmm. Mario Sunshine. Just make them like, I don't know fat cops or something. Yeah, fat, just a tower of fat cops and one of them steals Mario's hat. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Puzzled Cat Girl Violet at Kitty Cat Herder asks, if there was a movie sequel with Wario and Waluigi, who would you cast as them and why? Hmm. So this has got to be actors from like the 90s is the thing. Then I know exactly who to pick. Uh, I'm picking, well, obviously Danny DeVito, and obviously Mm -hmm. Waluigi is played by Jim Carrey. Honestly, yep, nope, got it in one. Nailed it. (laughs) Next question. Uh, Casey Cosmos, at Casey Cosmos, asks, What's the coolest dinosaur? Uh, I mean, it's gotta be Ankylosaurus. Yeah, it's Ankylosaurus. Is it Ankylo or Ankylo? They got spikes. They they got a fucking mace tail. Yeah. They can't compete. Uh, what Mario enemy would you like to see them try to translate? Okay, we basically yeah, did we did one. that one. And uh, pitch for Super Mario Brothers Two: of The Lost Levels. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking. Yeah, I guess like have like Wart and stuff, or maybe like have like this. Or maybe, like, someone re-evolves Koopa, but, like, keeps him as a dinosaur. Uh. Uh, yeah. Uh. Got any ideas? I mean, if you're talking about early Mario villains, it's... And we're not doing a Wario-centric one. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be either War, Bowser, or Tatanga. Yeah. And, like... We don't need to introduce aliens to this shit. This shit's already convoluted enough, you know? Yeah. Uh, in- uh, okay, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of the original Mario movie, the world already knows about Mario and Luigi's amazing abilities. So, right. we're, we're going to take this one back a bit. The sequel <gasps> is going to be Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh, yeah! I fucking love it. Uh, he's Mario's got to climb up some skyscrapers. Got to go to the pie factory. 
Gotta defeat the ultimate monkey. Monkey. Uh, yeah. So what, yeah. What, duck- what, yo, what if it? What if it is uh fucking? What's his face? What what if it is Capelli? But he just got big. <laughs> they made him a big monkey. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love this. That's uh, why he's wrecking construction sites because they're his rivals in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scapelli is running his company, but as a big old monk. Mm-hmm. I love this. Uh, Dresh Atrashura asks. Wait, let me go over this just to make sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh no, this is just another one about like Mario enemies. Uh, let's see, Michael Healy. Uh, okay, Michael Healy at Michael of Healy asks. Would the movie be improved if the assorted dinosaurs and dinosaur people had feathers? Hmm. That is a challenging question. Um, I don't think the... Listen, the makeup department did a good job. I mm-hmm. don't think they could have handled that. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think feather dinosaurs have a different aesthetic going on with them. Uh, but, like, if you wanted to, like... Make a sequel with like a different faction of dinosaurs. Maybe give those ones feathers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Speaking of different factions, mm-hmm. uh, we get another mailbag Discord question. Yeah. You're familiar with Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. How do you think the crew that worked on this film would have handled the Bean Bean Kingdom, and would there still be gay subtext between Prince Peasley and Luigi? That comes to us from Kitty Cat Herder. Yes, there would be gay subtext, and the Bean Bean Kingdom is another alternate universe where all animal life was wiped out Mm -hmm. and sentience came to plants. I love this. This is great. Yeah. Just plant people. Uh, We get, like, a... I think... I'm just thinking, like, Luigi and Prince Peasley doing, like, the fucking Rocky Three, running across the beach in tank tops and shorts. Well, did I say... Yeah. I'm just imagining that. It's it's amazing. Uh mm. Uh wait, did I say tank tops? I meant crop tops, but that's not important right now. What's is important uh is Bookcase Bookcase Queen at Bookcase Queen 96 asks What other video wait. Uh oh. Uh Okay, so I guess this is a bit different than a previous question. What other video game would you like to see get adapted with a similar chopped and screwed approach to its lore and world? Uh, I guess my guts is Sonic. Like, mm-hmm. that's something mm-hmm. Sonic mm-hmm. has already happened, have happened to him. Just weird lore alternate takes. I want to see Mega Man, but fucked up. Hmm. Yeah. I, I want to see Mega Man, but like, role is his daughter. And Proto Man is secretly the, the pulling all the strings because Wily's like a fake. Wily is also a robot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. Just like cool-looking weird cyborgs. It's great. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. Mukiwara no Alec at Mister Phony Man asks. What does it feel like being not only the best video game ever made, but the best movie ever made? 
I bet. I guess this is a bit of a rhetorical one, but great. It's... It has to feel good. And yeah. I'm glad that history is finally vindicating yeah. the Super Mario Brothers movie. And we will not rest until it is in museums mm-hmm. as it deserves. Yeah. Fuck Citizen Kane? No, fuck that shit. Fucking Star Wars? No. It, it, a prototype at best. Yeah. It's gotta be the brothers. I'm hooked uh, on the brothers. Should, I think we should call it there, because I think that's a good question to close on, and also yeah. it's really hot in my apartment and I need oh. to get some fucking water or I'm going to die. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's close it for now. Um, so let's, uh, take it to a close. Um, actually, what movie do you think we should watch next month? I was thinking something with Sonic since it's June... Uh, uh, I, I could see the Sonic 2020 movie. I could see that Sonic OVA. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go for the OVA or 2020? Um, let's go for the OVA because it's older and also I've already seen the 2021. So the OVA yeah. will feel a little more special to me. Yeah, sure. Let's go with it. Uh, next month we are talking about the Sonic OVA. Uh, and with that, uh, let's do plugs. Uh... Maxi, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at MaxiSatan and on Tumblr at MaxNightly. Actually, wait, did I get that right? Hang on. I got I gotta make sure I fucking get my own URL. Yeah, okay. Uh you can also uh bleh. Well, let me just do this whole thing at the top. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at MaxiSatan and on Tumblr at MaxNightly.tumblr.com. I'm also in an actual play podcast called Eidolon Playtest, which is sort of a love letter to uh, the, well, love letters generous, because we got we all got some problems with Persona as a franchise. Uh, it, we, we are working with an RPG attempting to evoke the good parts of Persona and JoJo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also have an RPG that I wrote myself with a friend called Our Stormy Present, that one is very much a love letter to old-school JRPGs. You can check that out. It's available on Itch. It's available on DriveThruRPG. Uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback, so I think we did a pretty good job on it. Great. Uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places. You can find those places at linktr.ee slash big underscore challenges. From there, you can find my Twitter, at biggerchallenge. From there, you can find the other podcasts I do, which are Pot of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, uh, The Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast, uh, Stranger's Fiction, an actual play podcast focused on one-shots. Uh, oh, wait, I, I read this off wrong because the last one is this one. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, you can visit at Xbox underscore holiday where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Thank thank you. Mm -hmm. Trust the fungus, and remember, this ain't no games.